What's up everybody, Jay Miller here bringing another Productivity in Tech podcast. My guest this week is Ish Shabazz. So Ish is someone that is actually pretty close to uh, where I'm at. In fact, I've, I've been able to sit down and, and have a good meal with him and, and talk productivity, talk computers, talk technology, and, and really get to know Ish on a closer level than I would most of my guests. Uh, but even still, in spite of that, I still learned so much about this amazing app developer uh, who has a new app out called Capsicum. For those that don't know, Capsicum is basically like the digital bullet journal, uh, or at least the closest thing to it to date. Now, I had the opportunity to play around with Capsicum, and I, I have to say that uh, while none of my ideas uh, made it into the final version, he is still iterating on it. And we talk about that. And we also talk about the journey that it took to build the app. Now, you know me, I don't like to talk productivity apps on this show. I think productivity apps are a necessary evil, but can often lead to over analyzing our systems. And in fact, hinder us from being productive. But more than anything with this, I didn't want to bring Ish on because he has a productivity app. I wanted to bring Ish on because of the story that led to his productivity app. Uh, Ish has put out so many applications that have all culminated into this one big thing and he's not done yet. In fact, he's I know he's already working on new features and he's probably got some new app ideas already out while I've been Talking. So I'm going to get out of the way. Here it is, my conversation with Ish Shabazz. So, dude, how's it, how's it been since, uh, what was the name of the place that we ate at? Like, I, I can't remember the name of it now. I think it was called like Lazy Dog or something. I think like it was. I remember they had like a, a bison meatloaf that was... Absolutely yeah. amazing. I've been thinking about that. I actually told my wife about that. I was like, we need to figure out how to get up there and and I'm going to take her on a date there one day. Who knows? There you yeah. go. And then there's also, there's a, a trivia guy that lives up in the area near y'all. So uh, I, I'm, I'm a big trivia nut. So for me, that might be cool to catch a trivia night or and then have some dinner. Oh, cool. But yeah, so... Yeah. It's been a minute, man. Like the last time that I think we chatted was right before uh, Capsicum was going live, like maybe a week before. I think it was actually right before, maybe even right before the beta. Oh, yeah. Is when we were chatting. Or maybe yeah, like right after the in. beta. Because I remember like chatting with Heidi for a little bit and like trying to figure mm -hmm. out like, okay, was there any way that I could help out? Um, just, you know, getting the word out and telling people about this. Um, so okay. for, for people listening, um, Ish is one of the, the people that <laughs> it's funny. I, I've, I've not known any movie stars in my life until I met Ish, but he will be the first person to tell you <laughs> that he's not a movie star. So <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, um, to see like another, uh, going to throw that, throw this out there, another person of color, um, Right. Doing something that like scratches an itch. So normally I would just let's we just keep talking through it, but but give everybody like the the quick like five second introduction to who you are and what you're all about. 
Okay. So my name is Ish. I'm an independent app developer. I've been writing iOS apps since about 2010. Um, I really just basically love apps. So I've been working on um, various sorts of apps, usually productivity, since about then. And um, as I do kind of more in that space, I'm trying to kind of build a community a bit and reach out to folks who maybe are inexperienced in app development, maybe want to get into it without a background, things like that. So um, lately I've also been doing like things like uh, speaking at conferences and things like that just to kind of kind of draw some attention to the community. Dude, that, that's awesome. And I might have to pick you up on that because I don't know if you've I showed you, uh, I sent you a link to Conf Talks, right? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, man, I did not realize building like an app that you want to share with people was so frustrating. Like it's the UI's changed, the, the backend's changed a ton. I've gone through like, I got one AWS bill and I was like, yeah, no, this is not going to work. <laughs> so, uh, right. yeah, it, it's, it's super interesting to see how things like that change, but, uh, what's interesting is you you mentioned building productivity apps and and obviously this is a quote unquote productivity you know podcast. Um, aren't there enough productivity apps out there already? There are never enough, honestly. Which is an interesting thing about productivity apps. There's always room to um, kind of try a new method, try a new angle on it. It's almost like, aren't there enough books out there? No, there's always room for more. So, um, each person kind of has their own, like, um, particular way of doing things for some folks. They found the app for them. They've been using, um, an app for years and they're good, but there's always, uh, I think room for, um, for tools to help us be more productive. So was, was your app built in like, none of these apps are doing it for me. I want to make something that works for me. Or was it like, I see an area where productivity apps are falling short. Maybe if I build this, I can be the next like mega super app developer. Um, actually, I was scratching in a long time itch. So basically, almost since the iPad came out, Steve Jobs had one stage with the iPad, and I was like, "Wow, that is a gigantic screen. What will I use it for?" And what came to mind was a daily planner. At the time, I was really into like the Franklin Covey style planners, and I thought it would be really cool if there's an app like that. And then later on, I thought, well, if there's not, maybe I can build one. And that's actually how I jumped into app development with that idea. Uh, it didn't take long before I realized that was way uh, over my head at the time. I didn't have the skill set. And actually, not all the technology was there to make something like that useful at the time. So kind of over the years, I was working on other apps. And then one day, and sitting at a Starbucks, um, I saw a friend's bullet journal. I was like, what is that? That thing is gorgeous. And I asked to take a look, and she kind of showed me, explained bullet journaling to me and what that was. I was like, you know, I bet I could make the app now. And then from that point on, I uh, got in touch with Heidi, and we started talking about design ideas and ways of actually kind of bringing um, the functionality of some of the things from bullet journaling, but even more, almost like having like a daily dashboard into an app. So basically, you can kind of look at what you have planned for the day, you can look at the weather for the day, and maybe even swap out modules and things like that, change the design, change the information. And um, that's how we got started. So I definitely want to talk more about um, the app uh, Capsicum in, in a second, but mm -hmm. you, you touched something that I, I'm wondering now, because and, and I mean, I genuinely wonder, uh, you said that you wanted to build this, but the technology wasn't there. But since I've known you, you've built a couple of apps. Was 
was all of the other apps that you built like practice for Capsicum or was it like, I just want to learn how to do stuff. So I'm going to start doing stuff. Meanwhile, I have this thought in my head about like my, you know, I, I guess my, my Mona Lisa app uh, down the road. You know what? At the time um, it was not, um, in, in my mind, I had actually forgotten about it for a bit. Once I started building Capsicum, I realized this was like the culmination of like all the other projects that I'd done before, almost like a final project of um, of like skill sets and tools and frameworks kind of all together. But when I was making the other apps, I was just actually scratching individual itches. I had a journaling app that I did. I had a to-do list app that I did um, and a few others. And kind of over time, they just kind of turned into would ultimately be um capsicum did those apps actually like take off or or were they just like you know i built this i mean did you ever put them out in the app store or anything like that i've had a range of success with apps so i think in all i've probably had about two dozen apps in the store at some point oh wow um two of them took off a, a bunch so the early journal um called my daily journal it did super duper well early in the app store. It was paid up front though. So over time, that business model just did, didn't work out. It wasn't sustainable. And um, same issue with Up Next. I had an app called Up Next that was featured by um, Apple and also featured by Starbucks, which is really amazing. Um, and that one, I think it got like about 370,000 users. Um, but again, um, the Starbucks portion was like kind of like a... F- you had to make the app free in order for it to work out. And I didn't have like in-app purchase or anything. So that one just, um, I didn't make it very much revenue from it. So it just wasn't like sustainable over time, but both those apps did pretty well. Like all in all, I've, uh, gotten, uh, close to a million downloads of my app. So I did not realize you had like, like two dozen apps. Uh, wow. Okay. That's at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Like I, I, I think about that cause I mean, I've, I've made some projects and like, and none of my projects are quote unquote apps. I usually do like web apps of some sort with, mm-hmm. you know, some Python backend doing things, but it's interesting to look back at all the things that I did create, whether they're still around or not around, including this podcast, including the many <laughs> derivatives that it's, it's had and, and grown from, but like I, I can't think I can't even count the number of like little ideas that I had that I wanted to work on that didn't take off or or whatever. Or if they did take off, they were just like kind of flashes in the pan. And I didn't really do any promotion for those. Uh you mentioned Heidi. Um I actually need to get Heidi on the show. I you might I might need your help with that because I've I've yeah. chatted with her before on it and she's down, but we can never seem to get things coordinated. But uh Heidi is like the marketing, branding, design side, right? And then you're more like the the code developer getting getting stuff running side. Right. So I was lucky enough to find Heidi through actually an, uh, another one of my apps. I had a dream journal back in, when was this? I think 2011, maybe. There's a dream journaling app and Heidi actually um, wrote in with a um, support request. She had taken screenshots of all the screens and showed me every single place where like a pixel was off by a little bit. And I was kind of enamored with that <laughs> to ask you to go through and be like, okay, here's not only I have a problem, but here's how you make it better. So um, since then we 
have been friends. And then, um, uh, a few years later, we started working on uh, Capsicum, which at the time was called Modular. And in between working on that and launching it, we launched two other apps. One was a sticker pack called Stamp Pack. Um, actually, two sticker packs, but Stamp Pack, there's a Gold Stars Pack, and then there is a Boomerang, which is a translation app. I haven't tried Boomerang, but I do love Stamp Pack. Um, I remember beta testing it. I remember like using it. I actually remember reaching out I think it was, I can't remember if it was to you or if it was to Heidi and being like, hey, I kind of want to use this for something. Is that cool? And you're like, yeah, go ahead. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and again, like, it's so weird how technology works like that. And, and it's funny because every single episode at the beginning of each show, I, I talk about like, oh, become a member and da, 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 da. And if you like this, you know, there's all this other stuff that you can listen to and I'll help you be more productive. And, in my mind, it sounds like I'm like beating the dead horse, but at the same time, this might be like the first episode that someone ever listens to for Pit. And just like with you, you had 20 some odd, you know, apps out there, but I didn't even, I knew who you right. were, but I didn't really know anything about what you were doing until Stamp Pack came out. Right. Yeah. Because for a long time, it's it's weird. It takes like a lot of work to actually eventually get out there. So I think um, I started to kind of pick up um, a following, at least on Twitter, like a Twitter following around maybe 2015. Um, so around like early 2015, I had maybe 300 Twitter followers. And then that like tripled by the end of that year for some reason. And I don't even know what happened or why it happened, but it was just like a bunch of constant work. And then eventually um, it just kind of, kind of picked up and I got, um, I just kind of a, a bigger platform and more of a voice and more people start paying attention to my work and things like that. But yeah, I'd been working diligently for um, pretty much since 2010. I've spent every spare moment that wasn't um, commuting to work, working or with my family working on something app related, either making app or learning about apps, um, helping other people um, kind of understand apps. Um, just, pretty much like full time didn't all apps all the time. And I remember in 2012, I actually like changed the license plate to my car to like iOS dev. I'm like, I'm basically uh, burning the most with this one. Like any time I have is going to be dedicated to um, app development until I get great at this. So that that's interesting because again, you've had some success before then with, with apps or you've, you've had success with apps during that time, but whether it was due to um, obligations to another company or, or or whatever, they they didn't seem to take off. And and I think that that's something that we're always hearing about. Oh, you know, build an app, and you know, if it takes off, then you'll be one of the few that you know can make a living building apps. But you've built apps that take that have taken off. And as you mentioned, it wasn't a sustainable model to to live off of. Right. And interesting thing about that, right? So for a while, early in the store, you could do this. You could make several apps that are of a similar type. And for a while, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make journaling apps. I'm going to make a bunch of different journaling apps. And the first journaling app I made, it sold about maybe one or two copies a day. And then I did another journaling app, and it was like probably 95% the same as the first one. 
but this second one um, really took off. It was doing a minimum of 250 sales a day for a paid up front app for well over a year. And it's amazing that just like that 5% change made a dramatic difference in the success of the app. And, and even with that, I mean, you still had the day job, you're still grinding. Like I'm not one to, to preach the hustle mentality or the always be grinding, you know, mentality, but I, I definitely see it. And that's something that I'm often asked about, like, you're doing all of these things. Why? But looking at what it took for you to get to where you are, like, you're still grinding, you're still hustling. You've had apps. I mean, you've sold a million apps. Like there's a, there's a YouTube series that I listen, I watch called uh, Aska and like, they have like ask a millionaire, ask a former drug dealer, ask a you know correctional <laughs> officer, ask a porn star. Like like it's okay. it's it's crazy because they're they're asking questions of people who have done things that you would normally not be able to talk to. And to me, like one of the things that I would definitely put on my list is ask someone who's had a successful career on the app store and and see what it's like. And, and for me, like you are that person, but it doesn't look much different than like what me as, as the young business entrepreneur, like getting my business off the ground, putting in hours after hours, like recording, like we're doing right now, late at night Mm -hmm. to, to put out content. It looks almost exactly the same. And I I think people feel like, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like people just like get to a point where they're like, I'm going to make it one day so that I never have to do this again. But the reality is, no, you're you're still going to do that. Like you're going to have to. Basically, honestly, there's a lot of luck involved. And kind of my grinding, I kind of view it as mining for luck. So um, luck by itself is not going to do it. There is a a lot of hard work involved, but hard work alone won't do it either. So basically I look at it as the harder I work, the the luckier I get, but luck is absolutely like a, um, a portion of, of getting it done. Hard work alone doesn't bring you there. Definitely. And, and I put that in, I put something similar to that, like in, in a newsletter post that went out like a month ago about how the, the clients that I have now in my business are made up of the people that I've interacted with, some people that I've interviewed, um, people that I just went out on a whim and like just asked for, you know, hey, look, I've been doing this for, you know, four years. I have these skills. I have a, an audio background. I know how to, you know, produce and edit content. Uh, give me a shot. And being told no for like so many years and just kind of consistently putting out my own thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it's still not necessarily like quote unquote taking off, but I'm in a position to where I'm making more from pit and like my side hustle ventures than I ever have before. But it's based on all of the people that I made connections with two or three years ago. Right. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while to to show. Yeah, and, and I mean it's it's one of those things that like like you said, the capsicum was the accumulation of all the things that you had to learn along the way on top of 
you know, waiting for technology to actually catch up to whatever your ambition or your, your goal was not right. to get all philosophical, you know, philosophical or productivity, you know, pastor on you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also there's a bunch of other skills involved, even outside of development that I didn't really know about like marketing. Right. So Capsicum was also a test of um, kind of leveraging um, kind of like social media to market because marketing is not my strong suit and um i kind of had to like learn some things along the way and i think it was in 2014 um, i talked to someone and they told me basically there's kind of two ways of going about it with with social you can either um, put down some cash and kind of buy um publicity or you can kind of grow your network organically and then launch with organic network but organic network is going to take a long time so you're probably better off you know, plunking out some cash, but I like the idea of doing it organically. So I spent uh, some time just really kind of building out the social um, network, social infrastructure with like legitimate um, authentic connections, right? Not just for promoting apps, but just like legitimately being like a member of a community and growing a community. And then after that, um, there's kind of like a platform. So when I have something ready to launch something to show, there's people who are legitimately interested in listening to it, not just um, here's an ad, click on it, but like um, just legitimate interest. So, I, I definitely agree with with that sentiment of like you can't just build a thing and be like, hey, I built a thing. Like you, you do have to let people know. Um, I do think that, uh, like you said, organic growth to me sustains longer than the uh, just throwing down cash. I think if you have a consistent funnel of cash that that growth can be sustained, Mm -hmm. but for most people, they don't have a consistent like source of just cash to throw into marketing. Cause I mean, I'm a marketer by day like that. It's expensive. Like just to do the marketing is expensive, let alone to actually like pay someone to do the marketing. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely get why it's so expensive, but I also think that people don't realize if you get your app featured on Mac Stories or you get your app featured on The Verge or something like that, it will help. You will get thousands of downloads just because it was on that publication. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make that doesn't convert. Like it might convert in a one time transaction. It's not right. going to convert in sustained interest in your product. There there are people that I I follow like their newsletters. I've been following for years. There's right. a comic that I I've been reading since 2006, and they haven't sold anything to me. But the consistency of that consistent voice putting out that thing that I enjoy. And doing it on a regular basis, so I always know that there's something there. Right. That has been what has ultimately made me want to go out and buy books or buy T-shirts or or do that thing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it really does take kind of a kind of a persistent voice and being there for more than just that launch day. Because launch days are cool, but they're really short lived. Like um, if you look at sales launch day versus like a week or two later. It's, it's a very different scenario. So I like slow, steady growth, honestly. Launches are awesome when you have the spikes or promotions. It's cool. But my my real thing is like slow, steady growth. 
because that is sustainable. So steady growth doesn't immediately drop off, whereas uh, a spike always like falls down later. So I, I have to ask, and, and this will probably be the, the penultimate question here. Um, okay. Capsicum was two dozen apps in the making. Did it meet or exceed your expectations for what you originally imagined it to be? I know, I know you mentioned earlier that it was supposed to be like a Franklin Covey kind of thing and that didn't really work out, but what you pictured in your head, does, did it meet those expectations? Did it exceed it? It didn't at launch, no. Um, because there's so much that I have planned and so much in mind, um, it came to a point that it was a useful productivity tool that needed to kind of have like an audience and have um, kind of folks using it. So we launched without some of my favorite features that um, I'm actually hoping to add later this summer. For instance, um, Apple Pencil support. That's a really big one for me, but that didn't make it into the launch. So it's not exactly where it needs to be yet. And honestly, I mentioned some of the technology. All the technology that I want doesn't exist yet. One of the things I'd like to have is the ability to kind of have a viewport for third-party apps so that third-party apps can share between each other. So say you don't like my to-do system. Say you prefer something like OmniFocus or Things. I'd like you to be able to select which app you use for the to-do system and just you have the portal on the page. So you have your to-dos from OmniFocus and you have your calendaring from Fantastical and you're using um, Capsicum for a container for everything is kind of what I'd like to see from it. But that's not available yet. That's not really a um, something that Apple's providing and the operating system doesn't support it. Yeah, that sounds like you need a Mac app that's like not in the App Store so that it can operate outside of the uh, the sandbox restrictions. Right, but sandboxing is something that would work, right? So if you look at the Today screen of um, an iOS device where you kind of see just kind of like a little snippet from each each app, most of the pieces are there. They're just It's just one little piece that needs to stitch together so it's available in UI kit. If you look at the Today screen of an app, it's basically the, the same thing. So each app has a view that it presents, but they don't have to know about each other in order to, for that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. And I, I love that you, you didn't let the idea of, but it's not, it's not my vision yet. You didn't let that prevent you from putting it out there. Um, right. That's, that's something that I, I struggle with personally um, just because I, <laughs> I definitely put stuff out there before it's ready, but I often put it out too early um, mm. versus like, like how did you know that it was ready to be used by the, by the majority uh, of its users? So Heidi and I were using it for about a year before we, uh, before we launched it just about things like 11 and a half months we were using it daily before we launched it. And we went through a few iterations of things like even before we got to that year point. So Capsicum was in development for about three years and we probably, the way you mentioned, like changing your backend, changing the way things laid out and such, we probably went through about seven iterations of Capsicum. We're like, all right, that was kind of cool, but no, let's start it. Let's start over until we got to the point where like, yeah, this is actually working. And we have like um, beta testers are like, yep, this is working. We can see the people were like using it and being able to get some real value from it. 
So, for example, one of the things we did was um, when Apple introduced the drag and drop API, we're like, oh, this is sweet. We can have everyone design their page just the way they want it, which is cool. But then they were designing their page every single day, and that became like a task, like a chore, um, and just too much work. So we realized, you know what we need to do? We need to have like a default template, a default layout, and then maybe later on add a way for people to customize it. So just little things like that. And and you were still able to at least put something out. And, and you know, I, I really, just as much of, as I've enjoyed this conversation, mm-hmm. I've enjoyed not just the Capsicum app as someone who, who did get to play around with it before it was out in the public, someone who uh, still has it on his, on his phone and, and, you know, every once in a while I'll open it up and like, you know, move some stuff around. And I've got a couple of habits in there that are being tracked and um, it's, awesome to see the growth as it's happening. And I think that's something that a lot of developers, maybe for good reason, are afraid to do. But I've loved just watching your app grow from a little bit more than an idea to, okay, we're adding features. Like we're making this better and better, you know, each day. You know, I remember like one day being like, hey, um, it says the weather here, but it's not right. And you're like, oh, yeah, don't worry about that. It'll be fixed next week. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then sure enough, now you have like, you can tell what the weather was at, in a location like on the day that you were born. Right. And that's like one of those just really awesome things to see. But I don't think it ever would have happened had you not just put the first thing out. Right. So basically, there's something to be said for uh, MVP. But I went a little bit uh, further than that. Not just, hey, this is functional and this works, but the entire app is kind of based around flexibility. So anything I put there, I'm like, okay, so how might this grow and change the future? Because Apple could change all sorts of things and they, they have in the past too. So when whenever we look at a component, we're like, all right, this component is its own thing and kind of check out the fundamentals of the component and have it flexible so that in three years it may be different than today, but still be useful and have ways of like kind of adding functionality over time. So the way it is now isn't the way it'll be forever. It's just, it's meant to be flexible and to grow. I love it. And I want to keep talking about it, but I know it's getting late and we still got an after show to do. So I'm going to wrap it up there. But before we do, Please tell everybody uh, how they can get in touch with you and how they can check out Capscom for themselves. Awesome. I am on Twitter way too often, so you can almost always find me on Twitter at iShabazz, I-S-H-A-B-A-Z-Z. And uh, Capsicum is on the App Store. Um, you can just search Capsicum. And honestly, App Store search works really well. I know Capsicum is kind of like a weird word in the U.S. Um, it means bell pepper. It's what, kind of what uh, it's called in uh, Britain and in Australia. Um, but yeah, just put in Capsicum in the App Store and you'll find it. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Ish Shabazz. It's me. I'm back. We're not doing the pre-recorded outros anymore. Uh, I might do those again sometime, but I, I wanted to jump in on this one and say, hey, I really enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, our after show on this one is actually rather short. It, it wasn't very long, but it was still packed with a lot of good information. So if you want to check that out, all you got to do is become a pit premium member. 
What is a Pit Premium member? That is someone who cares enough about productivity in tech as well as their own productivity that they want to sponsor Pit. And you do that, it's $10 a month or $100 a year. And by doing that, you get a direct line to me. You get access, not just in our Slack channel, but I reach out to you. I, I see how you're doing in life and everything else. I offer my advice where I can help out. And of course, I'm always going to give you access to that bonus feed where you can check out my conversation, the after show version with Ish, as well as all of the full length conversations that I've had with all of our other guests on the Pit Podcast this year. So I'm super thankful for Ish for coming onto the show and helping out and, and teaching me a thing or two. Uh, I learned a lot about him and I'm really excited for the next guest and I'm also excited for what Ish has coming down in the future. So if you haven't reached out to him yet, be sure to do that. Like he said, hit him up on Twitter, check out his app, sign up, just become a fan. I know that I am. A special thanks to Nadir Omawali for the use of his music, A Hustler in Spite of Myself. Thanks for listening to the show. And in fact, if you wanted to learn more about what productivity in tech is, means, does, all those things, head over to productivityintech.com. Again, we have that premium membership for you, but we also have other things. We have our newsletter, which is absolutely free. You can sign up for. We have our Slack channel where people come in and provide that daily motivation, that daily energy and excitement and encouragement that you might be looking for in your day to day one of the millions of Slack channels that I'm a part of, but it's one of the only ones that I check on a daily basis, and it's not because I run it, it's because of the awesome people that are inside of it. And of course, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, you can find me personally at KJAY Miller, or you can of course follow Productivity in Tech at prod underscore in underscore tech. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope it's been a productive use of your time. And for the Productivity in Tech podcast, I am Jay Miller, and I will see you next time. Take care.